This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from falcontwin.com. I'm Brendan, and this is commentary for pages 398 to 403, because I know I said I was not going to do a podcast until I finished up the whole prologue scene, but I decided to do one now because I'd already got a full six pages out, and I didn't really want to wait until I had finished the whole scene, otherwise I would forget what I wanted to talk about, so I sat down and made some notes, and now I'm going to talk about these pages. So, page 398, die already, freak. This is obviously the first page that was in the comic that I did oh so many years ago. Obviously, you can see that the layout is pretty much the same. I did add some tilting to the panel borders there between Mika and Sydney and the sword in the first three panels, and uh, minor details like you know backgrounds and stuff. But also, this was sort of a page that made me kind of angry because when I finished it, I really just didn't like how it looked, especially the first two panels with Mika and Sydney. Just they don't look right to me. Sydney looks kind of weird and. It wasn't an auspicious start for starting this whole prologue scene over again, because the whole point was to go back and do it again and have it look really good, at least compared to the original version. And then I went ahead and did this one and realized, oh, it doesn't look all that good at all. That sort of made me dread doing the rest of the scene. Fortunately, pages that followed did turn out better, I think, than this one. There were some changes also on the last panel. I wanted to have Mika and Sydney closer than they were in the original, where Mika and Sydney have got at least two to three feet of distance between them. In this one, I wanted them right up next to each other and intimate and basically staring each other right in the eyes. Also, that's part of the reason why Mika's sword is on the other side of Sydney now, because, you know, she has to be so close when she's making the stab that it wouldn't make sense for it to be on the other side of Sydney. And for them also to be looking at each other just wouldn't work if they were sort of back-to-back, as they would be if Mika's sword was on this side. And furthermore, to be completely honest, I just didn't really feel like drawing the sword. And that's why Mika is like that and, and so close to Sydney. But ultimately, there are a couple of things that are nice. One, which is that they're closer to obviously more detailed and stuff. Three, it's you know it's good to have them real close, and you can sort of see them looking at each other and sizing each other up as they're in the middle of this thing. And then also they're in the middle of the panel as opposed to sort of leaning off to one side like they were in the first version. So that's another nice improvement. And hey, backgrounds. You know, the whole background thing is starting to get sort of silly because at this point you pretty much can't see any of it. I mean, if you look in the last panel, you can see that there's kind of a table behind Sydney and there's, well, you can't even see it, but there's a a window behind Mika and a a log on the right hand of the panel at the bottom that's burning. But again, it's all not a log, but it's a piece of wood that's fallen down from something. But you can't see any of it, so it's all hidden behind the flames and the smoke. And that's kind of frustrating and knowing that I even bother spending any time in the backgrounds at all, knowing full well that it's just all going to be covered up anyway. The sound effects are definitely a little bit better also in this page because they're more in line with the kind of sound effects that I do these days. And also they're not so anemic. If you look at the sound effects in the first one, the little tiny slash when Sydney slashes the sword in the very first panel, it's just pathetic. And so at least this one matches a little better. And also the swish, obviously looks better too because it's a full-fledged swish instead of just a couple of speed lines which didn't really sell much of anything page 399 rationale so this is one of the pages that got a whole lot of changes from the original version because i was trying to keep it more in continuity with the previous page than pages one and two were in page one and two there's really no connection between what's going on you see mika leaning with her sword out you know extended towards sydney and then the next panel she's just kind of standing up straight on page two with no particular connection to what's going on. But they're supposed to be sequential, 
I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, page two follows directly after page one, so that's why in, in this page 399, you can see that Mika's in a similar position to what she was at the end of the previous page, and so you can kind of see how it follows on in, in terms of the action. And one of the things that she's doing is she's rolling back a little bit. Obviously, in the previous page, she's right up close to Sydney, and then when Sydney slashes again at Mika, she sort of rolls back to her left to avoid the thing. And what I also like is the way that she grabs Sydney's hand in sort of a similar way to what she did in the prologue. But especially in the first panel, you still have that same sort of position of the hand where the, the fingers are, are kind of limp and it's sort of leading with the wrist before the action in the second panel, which which also did change. Mika's now grabbing Sydney's hand and, and yanking it as opposed to just sort of batting it out of the way. And this is, of course, in order to pull Sydney off balance so that Mika can attack her. And it's a, a much more a much more violent action with what's going on in the new version than it was in the original, which is probably better anyway. I mean, besides the fact that the original pose for Mika in panel three of page two was just nonsense, it didn't, it didn't make any sense. And it, again, it didn't follow much from anything. Uh, in this one, you can see what's going on directly. She grabs Sydney's arm and, and she's got the sword ready to, to stab her right through the face and was going to do to Sydney exactly what she did to the guy back in chapter five, just stab her right through the face. But Sydney manages to jerk her head out of the way at the last moment. And a very interesting expression on Sydney's face in the fourth panel, which is exactly, it's one of the few times that the expression came out exactly what I wanted, where it's not fear. I mean, you can see the element of fear in there, but you can also see that it's not just unadulterated fear, like someone else probably would be if they had a sword, you know, two inches away from their face about to stab them. In this case, it's sort of a mixed expression. She's angry, but she's also concerned, and she's also afraid, and that's just exactly what I was aiming for. And it is one of the few times, actually, that you do see some fear from her at all, even if it is somewhat tempered a bit. And generally speaking, obviously, throughout the entire scene, the expressions are better here than the original, which really helps tell you what's going on in the scene, just in terms of selling all the action and the characters are doing in it. Because if you look at the original in the pages, it's almost impossible to tell what anyone's actually doing, because the expressions are so bland and so indifferent. I mean, if you look at Sydney's expression in panel four of page two, you can't tell what she's thinking. She's not frowning, she's not smiling, she's not really doing much of anything. You can tell she's sort of falling back a little bit, kind of, but that's about all there is to it. So the only time that the expressions are a little bit vague is when they're intentionally vague, kind of like in the first panel, or you know, also in the last panel too, with Mika saying maybe it would be for the best, and she's kind of not, she's not fully feeling any particular emotion. She's not really angry, she's not really sad, she's not really anything. She's just still conflicted and, and trying to trying to gather her thoughts. There are also some minor dialogue changes in here in terms of the ellipses and where the sentences end, because if you notice in the first version of the page, you can see it says, it's not that I want to die, but I don't really want to live either. That's a sentence, but in the case, in the first version, it has the ellipses at the end as, as if it keeps going. But in this case, no, it's, it's one full sentence, not that I want to die, but I really don't want to live either. And then, so maybe it would be for the best, is kind of left you know, open, as it is in the original. So that Mika's kind of following that train of thought mentally. And the, and the italics here also, which weren't in the original version, they help you. They put the emphasis on the appropriate words. It's not that I want to die, but I really don't want to live either. You know, so maybe it would be for the best. So the emphasis obviously makes it easier to tell what's going on in Mika's head as she's, as she's going through this whole scenario. Page 400, Mind Your Head. Now this page, in contrast to the previous page, is actually pretty similar to the first version. In the first panel, you can see that Tresca's running a lot more urgently which, I don't know, I was really uncomfortable with the line art in the first panel, especially, and it, it wound up looking better shaded, but there's still just something about it that doesn't look quite right to me. And 
and I, and I was struggling with it even when I was drawing it, you know, in the pencil version. I just knew it wasn't quite right, and it never pulled it together. But at any rate, yeah, Tresca's running more urgently, which again is all sort of working to convey why Tresca grabs Mika later on, you know, because of the sense of urgency needs to be sort of communicated here. Also, again, like I said on the previous page, the expressions are a lot less ambiguous than they were in the first version of the scene because you can see you know, what Tresk is reacting. In, in the first one, again, the first panel, she's kind of frowning, but not really, and you're not really sure. And you know, I guess their expressions are a little bit more clear on some of the later panels, but, but I mean, especially in this first panel, the, the expressions are a lot more clear. Panel three obviously was changed completely for a couple of reasons. One, because there were no beams on the ceiling in the hallway as I, as I did it when I was coming up to the scene, so I actually couldn't do that shot from the prologue because there was no beam to, to show overhead. And it, if I were going to show it from behind a beam, that would kind of imply that there was a vaulted ceiling of some kind, and there wasn't. It's just a regular hallway. So I couldn't do that. And I thought that I could do same sort of thing, but have it being through the ceiling with a crack, kind of like you see in the, the panel as I did do it. But ultimately, I decided that that was going to be a little bit hard, and, and ultimately, the crack is only so wide, so you can't really see what Tresca would be doing anyway. So I just decided to do the shot of what Tresca is actually looking at, and so you can see that the the boards between the two levels of the building are kind of starting to split, and you can see the fire from above coming through. And the idea is that there's a table in the hallway above that when the building weakened, it was a big heavy table or something, and when the building weakened, this table fell through. And if you look on the left-hand side in panel four, you can see that there's like a potted plant. And then obviously right in front of Tresca is the table, which actually there's debris this time, which is kind of nice compared to the first version, which had no debris whatsoever. I was a little disappointed that I didn't get more sparks coming down in the fourth panel where Tresca's reacting. I, I just wanted it to be this kind of big shower of sparks, like when a log explodes or something on a fire and you see just sparks going everywhere. And that was kind of what I was hoping for. And ultimately... I just didn't get that uh, as much as I was aiming for. Also, too, actually, going back to panel three, you can see that there's a little bit of dust coming through, which is a really nice little subtle touch, which I, I think really kind of sells sells the idea that it's this building coming apart. The dialogue changes in this in this page. I was really not satisfied with the dialogue in the first one because it was too serious of a scene for Tresca to be doing the whole cutesy thing, which I originally did just to sort of establish the whole Tresca character as being cool and, and hip and using things like sucks. But I was never thrilled with it, and when I got back to it, I said it's really not necessary. And so the version of the page now is, is more grave and isn't a big slapstick, jokey thing. It's actually serious. Tresca is running to find Mika and did just about get you know smashed under a bunch of flaming debris. And so you can see in her last panel, instead of sort of being exasperated, she's actually angry. And I, I fought and fought over this last line of dialogue, too. This place sucks. I just... I didn't even want it to be that, because the original version was This Sucks, and I knew that was not going to work. And I didn't know what to change it to, because I wanted her to... Obviously, she was angry, and I wanted her to say something, but I just couldn't come up with a line of dialogue that I liked, and so I settled on This Place Sucks. And also, too, in the third panel, you can see that instead of just kind of going, eh, as you'd expect to see kind of in an anime show, she says, oh, crap. Which, not only is it more in character, which is kind of nice, but it's also more realistic and more in tone with the scene, so it was a win all around. And then, of course, when all the debris falls, Tresca just sort of reacts by shouting in surprise. As I mentioned way back when I was doing the original prologue, that Tresca was thinking as opposed to speaking, so here you can see that now I've actually moved all her dialogue into proper dialogue bubbles as opposed to thought bubbles, which was a mistake, which ultimately didn't make any difference one or the other, but... 
but it, you know, at least it was good to get it consistent this time with all the uh, all the stuff that had gone before it. And oh yeah, this was page four hundred two, which had absolutely no fanfare, unlike the previous one hundred page marks. I wonder why. Page four hundred one, poor time management. Now, obviously, again, the flames are a lot more visible than the first version, and you know, more flames or more urgency. So Tresca's really feeling some sort of time pressure, not only time pressure, but also just physical pressure. It's hot in there, and she can tell that the place is sort of beginning to come apart around them, so it's it's time to get Meek out of there. And also, I mean, as I might have mentioned in the last podcast or two, the whole idea of this scene sort of being them descending into hell. You know, if they're descending into hell, they've arrived now. There's flames everywhere. The entire thing has gone up like a Roman candle. Everything is, is burning, and it's all orange and red and, and gigantic glowing stuff. I actually discovered a a different blending mode for the fire glow because I have a, a layer that I use to put an orange glow around all the fire. And I discovered a different blending mode, I think it's overlay in Photoshop, that wound up making the fire look a lot more bright and intense and saturated than it was in the last few pages. So I, I switched to that and I've been using that since, which also sort of emphasized the, the heat and the, the fire elements of it. And also, again, it hopefully just justifies Tresca's reasoning to get Mika out of the building as soon as possible, no matter what. I mean, yeah, it's probably really poor judgment to grab a, a person's hand with their sword, but ultimately she's thinking, well, Mika's guaranteed to be dead soon anyway because the building's just going to completely cave in on him. Otherwise, this is a, one of the pages that actually is probably the most similar to the originals. I mean, even the, the positions of Tresca, in a way, are kind of similar. Obviously, again, you know, the expressions, you can read what she's, what she's thinking. She's kind of frowning. Uh, and of course, Sydney's scowl is much better too. Again, in the first version of this page, you just have absolutely no idea what Tresca's thinking. Yeah, she could be thinking absolutely. She'd be thinking, you know, she needs to go out and, and you know get a steak for dinner or something. If you look at that last battle, how do you know? So yeah, in the last, in this new version, you can actually see her. She's angry. She's irritated. She wants to get out. Also, I tried to in the background show the the wall of the building burning through which you can see just to the left of Sydney, right kind of surrounding where Mika's left arm is grabbing Sydney's arm. You can see that it's a little bit more bluish there, which is kind of an attempt to communicate the wall burning through. But it just, again, because there's so much fire and smoke and everything, you can't really see it anyway. And I mean, it never looked amazing to begin with, but at least it would have been nice to, to communicate that. But oh well. Uh, if you look very closely on the skin of Sydney and Mika, you can see that they have sweat on their skin. Ultimately, some of it looks better than others. It kind of winds up looking grainy on Sydney's skin. I, I think it it looks best on skin that's in the light. You can see the texture of the of the sweat. But if it's skin that's in the dark, like on Sydney's face, which is relatively low light compared to to some of the highlights, it doesn't look so good. It just looks kind of grainy. So that didn't work out so well. I was really worried about the posture when I was doing the line art. Ultimately, this one, unlike the previous page, which I was never fully satisfied with, I actually did wind up liking the, the position that they were in a lot better. Mika, Mika's position is a little bit less clear than it was in the first version. I think in the first version, it's pretty clear that Sydney's kind of pushing Mika back, and it's not as clear in this version, but I think Sydney's position is good enough that it actually kind of makes up for it, because it really is. You can see the way she's kind of stepping into to Mika's stance with her, her left leg. And so you can see she's really kind of putting the pressure on Mika there, which worked out really nice. Again, just like the previous page, regular bubbles for Tresca's dialogue as opposed to thought bubbles. Page 402, busy, please leave a message. So, like the last page, I'm continuing the sweat thing, even though it didn't work out so well, just for continuity's sake, I tried to tried to keep the sweat going on. So there's a little bit more sweat. On panel 3, you can see it in particular on Mika's face. If you look on panel three, four on Sydney's face, you can see the sort of grainy sweat. It just, it, it doesn't look like sweat at all. But I think it looks okay on, 
on Mika's face in panel three. And I've been, in this version of the scene, very careful to try to keep all the action consistently moving from left to right. You know, with Sydney on the left, then Mika, and then Tresca in that order from left to right. Because if you look at the original version, it's just back and forth and back and forth with absolutely no rhyme or reason that you can't tell. Even going back to the, the panel where Tresca is running on page 400, you can see that Tresca's running right to left. And so Mika will be on her left, and then Sydney will be on Mika's left. And so all of that you know, remains continuous. And I didn't really have too many problems with it. There are a couple little hairy spots, I think one in the next page that I'll mention. But otherwise, it, it wound up not being too much of a problem, and everything worked out fine as far as that goes. I had to stop and remember what I was doing when I was working on panel four, though. Panel four being the kind of over-the-shoulder shot of Mika and Sydney, which also is a lot closer in than it was in the first version, partly because I didn't feel like drawing full bodies, but also because the first version sort of implied that it was this huge cavernous room that they were way off, and and that just wasn't the case. They're really, I mean, it's not that big a room, and so Tresca isn't really all that far away from Mika when she's standing at the doorway. But also, too, because I'm trying to keep everything going left to right, if you look at panel four, you'll see that on the left-hand side, there's the doorway, then Sydney, then Mika, and then Tresca's shoulder, and just a bit of her hair that's just above the dialogue bubble. You can't really see it. But so even there, it's keeping the, the left-to-right continuity the same. Tresca's dialogue in panel one changed a little bit. Again, same reason as, as the previous one, because I just didn't like... Yo was just, again, is trying too hard to make Tresca be this sort of hip, cool character, which just wasn't necessary. I mean, we all know who Tresca is by now, so it's not really necessary to establish that again. And also a couple other little things, too. Tresca says we have to get out of here as opposed to let's get out of here. And this place is going to fall apart as opposed to gonna fall apart. I think the gonna fall apart was a conscious change, but I didn't even realize that I had changed the first line, we have to get out of here, until actually after the page was finished. And I realized, oh, I changed it, and I sort of decided that I was happier with it. Also because she says we have to get out of here as opposed to let's get out of here. You know, Let's get out of here and have a cup of coffee. No, we have to get out of here or this place is going to fall in on itself and kill us all. So it wound up being just sort of a, a happy accident. In, in a way, I guess maybe I could have changed that, that second line that Tresca says, too. She says this place is going to fall apart. I mean, really, I think she could legitimately say this place is falling apart, you know, under the circumstances, given that it just did fall apart right on top of her. So it probably a case could be made for that dialogue change, too. But as it stands, I think it's fine. And again, regular bubbles for Tresca. No more, no more thought, which only in, in this case appears on the last panel where Tresca kind of mutters under her breath, come on, don't do this, as opposed to you know the, the previous pages where Tresca was thinking to herself all the time. And also, in the second panel, there's a dialogue change where instead of just saying, I'm kind of busy right now, Mika sort of pauses between words and sort of grunts just because to communicate the strain that she's that she's experiencing when she's fighting Sydney and trying to keep this knife from stabbing her in the eye, much the way she just tried to stab Sydney in the eye. And there's another change for continuity here, too, between panels 2 and 3, which is that if you look in panel 2 on the new version, on page 402, Mika has Sydney's hand, and then in panel 3, she kind of pushes that hand down to the side and lifts up her sword. In the first version of the page, they're totally different. First, she's grabbing Sydney's hand, and then she's turned completely 180 degrees, and now she's got her right hand forward, and her left hand is free to go wave off Tresca. And there's no communication whatsoever of why that happened or how that happened, and so that was a, another continuity fix that, that I made when I was doing the new version of the page. And actually, she switches twice, if you look at it. First, first she's holding Sydney's hand with her left hand forward, and then she's got her left hand back in the next panel, and then the next panel, she's got her left hand forward again, so actually it changes two times. So, yeah, continuity 
was definitely improved on these new pages. In the new version, you can see that Mika is just continuing with her fight, even between panels 3 and 4, as she talks to Tresca. So it's not like she's just doing all these kind of weird, goofy actions facing this way, facing that way. She's actually continuing on with this sequence of actions as she's talking to Tresca. And speaking of continuity, actually, when I had Mika's hair being cut on page 399 when Sydney slashes at her, I was planning to keep the continuity on that so that for each subsequent page you would see that her hair had been cut a little short on that side, but by the time I got around to this page, I realized that I had completely and totally forgotten. Actually, I think it wasn't until after I finished this page that I realized, oh yeah, I was going to do the hair thing, and it just completely forgot. But ultimately, they're comic characters. They have hair that magically you know, always keeps itself in position. It's like Bill Cosby once made a joke about this one cowboy show that he used to like where the guy's hat was always on. No matter what happened, it was always on. He said, you could walk up to that guy and yank his hat off. It would still be on. So it's the same sort of thing. It's like no matter what happens to their hair, their hair is always perfect because they're comic characters. And finally, page 403, which is what lousy timing. And this was a really, really frustrating page for me to do. It was one of the most frustrating pages in a very long time. Just drawing it was was just... It was a pain in the ass. There was a real problem with the grip, too. I mean, if you notice in panel 2, Tresca's grabbing Mika's hand in one way, and then in panel 3, she's grabbing Mika's hand with her with her arm the other way around, because I sort of realized that there was no way to to have them both reasonably sized and fit in the panel if Tresco was going to keep holding Mika's hand the way that she does in panel two. So I just, without even saying anything about it, she grabs Mika's hand one way and then flips her hand completely around and grabs Mika's hand the other way to drag her off in panel two. Again, more left-right continuity here, so you can see that you know you have Mika on the left, Tresco on the right, all the way throughout the entire scene. And, you know, and also, panel 5, Mika just doesn't look very good. I don't know, I mean, it's, uh, it annoys me. Sydney doesn't really look very good in panel 4 either. I know someone on the message boards commented that she kind of looked like she'd gained weight, which I guess she does kind of look like she gained weight. Although the shading and everything worked out fine on her, but oh well. There's also more sweat on the character's faces. You can kind of see it on Mika's face in the first panel. Again, it doesn't look so great. I think part of that's the JPEG compression just knocks down those details. You can also see some of it on... Sydney's face in the fourth panel, too. This was just one of those pages that, kind of like the first page in this retelling of the prologue, it just, halfway through, I just could not wait to be finished with this entire thing, because it was just so frustrating. And it's supposed to be, like, the big grand finale, and here I am just absolutely tearing my hair out in frustration and anger. And so, let's see, other changes from the original. There's a different pose for Sydney in this uh, next-to-last panel, on the new page, anyway. And... I like the pose, generally speaking, better than the original, although the thumbnail version was a little bit wider, so you could see down to about Sydney's waist, and I think that was a little better because you could actually see her posture as it stands now. You can't really tell what sort of, how she's standing, you just can't see any of that. In retrospect, it would have been better to widen that out a little bit. And then also, I don't show the stab, which is not because I'm changing the story or trying to soften the blow or anything, but more for dramatic reasons, kind of like back when Tresca punched Mika in the stomach not too long ago in near Tendra. You don't actually show the punch when it happens. You sort of show the reaction to the punch and then see what happened. And that works out better dramatically because there's that moment of, well, what's going on? What happened? And if this was the first time you were reading through it, you know, you wouldn't, especially without the image of the knife swishing through the air, you wouldn't know what had happened. You could probably guess. You could see the thump and say, oh, what happened? But until you get to the next page, you won't see, oh, Mika's got a piece of knife sticking out of her chest. And so that was the reason that I changed that one. 
more backgrounds. Yeah, the backgrounds are getting kind of tedious. I don't know. I mean, it's. I was sort of hoping that doing the prologue here, I was going to be able to do a lot of sort of swishy backgrounds, kind of like you see in panel two, where it's just blurs and stuff like that. But ultimately, I wound up not doing that because there just weren't the kind of action panels that really demanded it. Let's see. Otherwise, not a lot too terribly different, actually, from the original version. I mean, again, besides the, the left-right continuity and stuff, otherwise it's yeah, it's similar storytelling anyway. All right, so I guess I ran out of steam on that one. That's it for this podcast. Some of the music provided tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. So there.